Welcome to Side Talks. Podcast. It's a podcast. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm, I'm the creative director for a film festival around Birmingham, Alabama. And I really wanted to step on your line there. <laughs> That's cool. Really Who wanted cares? to. Uh, I'm Corey Kraft. Uh, and I'm the co-host of this podcast. It's called Side Talks. If you've never heard us before, we're off to a great start today. Lots of um, lots of antics usually. Sometimes Rachel sings. Not today. Today. Oh, I'm saving it. Oh, boy. Well, I'm saving it for you, Corey. You know, because to, from here forward, after we argue about what we're about to argue about... Oh, it here, has to be all music. From here that. forward, it'll be nothing but music. Okay. Well, that, that works. That works. All right. So we're going to talk about some movies. Enjoy let's, this non-musical introduction. Oh, God. And let's, let's go. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. fight. We're off. We're starting, we're starting a five-minute fight. Corey, let's fight about a movie. You really weren't kidding about the all-musical thing, From here you? forward, I'm going to sing, because okay. today we're fighting about Roll Up Your Sleeves. We're fighting about Annette, the new film by Leos Carrix, the musical from uh, the uh, sort of alt-rock duo Sparks, uh, Ron and Russell Mayle, uh, starring Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard. Uh, this is, as I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, my favorite movie of the year so far, a uh, wild blast of pure cinematic energy and music and mayhem, Ooh. and it's real dark, and it goes to some real crazy places. Uh, I pretty much love everything about it, but I understand it is divisive, and I think that you say, if I understand you correctly, you say you are divided on this movie. So tell me, Rachel, what are your objections? You know, I, as I mentioned to you before we came into the studio today, I am not fully hating this film. Yeah. So I'm not going to come, you know, fast and hard at the whole thing and say flush it down the toilet. I'm just mostly being a bit of a devil's advocate and a bit of a contrarian. But overall, I just, this film doesn't deserve to be on the best films of the year list. And I know you're going to put it in the fucking canon. So I'm bringing it. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, I have a lot of issues with this film, one of which is I can't stand a musical in which people sing every little thing just ridiculously for no, to no end like i'm walking i'm walking i'm walking i'm talking i'm walking and i'm talking it's and a I'm rock singing. opera it's it's dumb mm. and then okay so there's that that's my main issue but i've got a secret weapon up my arm okay and the secret weapon up my arm is this because i i actually like the way this thing begins uh -huh. I, I i like the first five minutes i was like oh okay and i like the sparks brothers you know this i like sparks and you know that i'm I'm a fan of when when things get a little dark and weird in the musical sense and people but what I'm what I'm not a fan of is films that are an hour too long. Mm, I if I if we were talking about one, you know, oh boy. We, we could discuss that, but we're not talking about such a film today. But so, continue. But what the secret weapon I have on my sleeve that's going to win me this fight is this and it's a spoiler alert kind of. Uh -oh. Spoiler alert, the baby is a fucking puppet. And it's great. The puppet rules. I know they wanted to save a bunch of money on casting an actor. I know they wanted to save all that pet, that meddling little, like, you know, we've got to get a tutor on set. And kids are, you know, <laughs> don't ever work with kids and animals. So instead, we're going to get a puppet. So praise the producer for finding a penny to pitch. But it's a fucking puppet. And I, this, I think the puppet is probably more expensive than a child would be. <laughs> but 
I hear you. If you can't get that I'm joking a little bit here, I (laughs) then I don't know where to begin. Um, I don't even know where to start. And if you took Annette completely seriously, I don't even know where to start. There are some funny moments in this thing, and at moments the puppet Mm -hmm. is funny to me. But I got to a place where I was like, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm Mm. not buying it. It's too much puppet. This is this is the thing. Annette hashtag too much puppet. No, no, not enough puppet. If anything. Um, Whoa. Okay, you're really gonna try to stand on that hill. The the puppet hill is the hill that I will die on because I love the puppet. I love uh, the thematic importance behind the puppet. Um, You know, Adam Driver's character Henry McHenry just doesn't see his daughter as a person. Um, and, and so the puppet sort of stands in until a very key point near the end of the film. I got it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just neat. I mean, I just think puppets are neat. What do you want me to say? It's a neat puppet. It's, it's really like kind of cool how they, they operate this puppet. And it's just a dash of like weird energy in a movie that, well, admittedly is otherwise all weird energy, but still, I mean, when the puppet shows up about an hour into the movie, I was so fully on board by that point. I was like, yeah, puppet, why not? This might as well happen. This is great. Uh, we're going to be singing. We're going to be, you know, dancing sometimes. We're going to be uh, screaming puppets. at um, a stand-up audience, and we're going to be chilling with a puppet who gets uh, airlifted by drones on top of a giant floating inverted pyramid at the Hyper Bowl uh, with an uh, announcer um, telling the audience that, you know, let's not forget she's just a baby uh, when she's supposed to sing, which is just a hilarious moment um, in a really, really fantastic movie. I mean, everything about it is is just so wildly imaginative and inventive and surprising. And the performances are are that way, too. I mean, everything about it is... Uh, you've just, I mean, whether you like it or not, and I understand why somebody wouldn't like this because it's yeah. insane. Um, you've certainly never seen anything like it. I don't dislike this film because it's insane, and I admit it's a little insane. The insanity is actually pr- pretty much what I like about it. I do yeah. visually, it's it's interesting to look at. At times, it's beautiful. At times, it's not so beautiful, but it's still interesting. The locations are great. I do like a lot of the premise to the film, and I'm I'm not going to even argue about the performances, even though, once again, if you've ever seen Adam Driver in a film, just stop for a second and think about that performance, and you can apply it to this film as well. Mm-hmm. Just hold your hold your horses over there. And But the thing is too damn long, and when it's, it's that deal where it's like, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it so efficiently. In order for that puppet to work, I need... I need less puppet. I, I, I really do. It's an interesting choice. It's a choice that gets beaten over the head. I also, my other issue with this film, other than just a really non-efficient and what I would consider kind of sloppy runtime, and then and then a lot of the musical choices are bad. The other thing is, I think, yes, there's some decent music in this, but there is mostly bad music in this. Oh, disagree. And, and too too much. I mean, a little dialogue never hurt anybody. And I appreciate the commitment, but it's not a full commitment. So so give us some more dialogue. And then on top of that, I, I think the comedic the, the the times when the sort of these long comedic performances that we have from and I'm putting comedic in quotes here and air quotes, but these long comedic performances from Adam Driver's character, I I think are often misguided. Not completely, but I think they're often misguided. And and it that and the puppet got a lot of eye rolls from me. Hmm. I disagree. <laughs> okay. Here comes Sam. 
Sam is going into to the, the booth. booth. If you like the singing I'm doing right now, the- you will like Annette and you will watch it on a monitor, television, <laughs> or a theater. Possibly several times. Do we have like sparks I in did. the studio? I don't know, Sam. <laughs> Are you talking into a microphone? Uh, so may we start, as they say. Um, okay, so Rachel says it's too long. Gotta give her 10,000 points for that. You cannot disagree with that. Mm. But Corey says it's his favorite movie of the year, and it might be mine too. As Corey says, it's a rock opera, and sort of, it, it's supposed to be weird. Um, the puppet is super cool. It adds that sort of extra surreal layer to what is already a very fake um, sort of parody of a musical. And I am fully in support of Corey here. It's bizarre and imaginative and... You really haven't seen much else like it. And also, Adam Driver is physically there, at least. Um, hashtag, not enough puppet. See, Sam likes the puppet. Well, I don't know what to say I here. Like the I don't know what to say here. Brad, have you seen this thing? Oh, man, I've got no support here. I don't disagree with the with the list of adjectives that, that both of you have mentioned. I just would like to add some other ones, and that's eye-roll-worthy, mm-hmm. annoying, Overdone. I thought you said you couldn't find the words. Too smart for its own good. And the weird I like, but it could be weirder, honestly. Well, if you don't know what to say, remember, you can always burst into song. Oh, yeah, you can. You definitely, definitely can. Oh, boy. Where is this thing again? On Amazon.com? Amazon Prime. Check it out. It rules. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh man, what are we watching, Corey? Um, let me tell you that the if you remember from the podcast live situation that uh-huh. we did, uh, one of the episodes we brought back Kyle's Corner, which was lovely. Yeah, and my girlfriend was super inspired by Kyle's Corner, and she has decided to acquire an old school monitor oh, and sick. borrow a VHS deck and and begin going to thrift stores and compiling a VHS library. And it's been a lot of fun, and we landed upon a piece of shit film that we watched on VHS. Called Little Black Book, the Brittany Murphy movie. The Brittany Murphy movie from two thousand and four. I didn't even know that existed in VHS. Right. Well, it. Sh- I think it was. It was as if somebody said, "You know what? It's two thousand four. We don't have to make a VHS." But this film feels so much like it's of the world of nineteen ninety four. I had to keep reminding myself in this thing. In this thing, this is not nineteen ninety four. It is two thousand and four. Little Black Bullshit. So. <laughs> Do you know the premise of this thing? I vaguely, I because I think I've seen it. As I recall, there's some sort of outrageous twist ending to this thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, that involves Carly Simon. Oh, that's it's right. It's as if I'm making it up as I go. So I, the premise is Brittany Murphy loses her quote unquote little black book with all of her former lovers contacts. No, you got it wrong already. I, I did? Yeah. Well, please she, tell me cuz I maybe I don't remember this super her well. Her boyfriend Ron Livingston, oh, played that's by right. Ron Livingston, she breaks into his Palm Pilot and this, finds his little that's black right. book. This entire gotcha. film from 2004 centers around a Palm yes, a Palm Pilot. And that Palm Pilot is on the cover of the film. It <laughs> it shows up many times in the film and it is the entire premise which is why are all his ex-girlfriend's phone numbers still in that's his phone? Right. That's which right. Which is outrageous because he's an adult man who can have relationships and end them and move on. Uh, No, no, sorry, you're wrong. (laughs) That's not possible. There is a wise cracking, snappy, wise old sage, uh, wisdom throwing Holly Hunter in this thing. Oh, good. That the character development is so weird and takes her in a direction where you, I kind of, it was one of those films where I'm like, if I'm watching this thing, and, and again, the premise being that Brittany Murphy's dating Ron Livingston, we don't really 
know why she likes him. We don't even see them together much. There's a scene where they're together in bed and he has a farting dog. And that's we're supposed to believe that they're super in love and that she's obsessed with him. Uh-huh. And then there's a whole I'm breaking into his Palm Pilot thing. And she's working for a, what seems to be a sort of Sally Jesse Raphael slash Maury Povich kind of television. Yeah. Who's the father thing. Right, right, in right. In which the host is played by is it Academy Ka- Award winning. Is it Kathy winning. Bates? Kathy Bates. That's right. That's right. And and so this is where the end of the film takes place, right? On on live yes, television. That's right. That's right. And so, yes, we have Holly Hunter in this. We have Kathy Bates in this. Brittany Murphy, who's not terrible. Okay, really, yeah. she's not a terrible actor. And Ron Livingston, who I can do without, but still is a, a he's had his a recognizable before. face. And yeah. there's there's clearly a budget here. But the first two actors I mentioned, this there is no excuse for this to be as terrible as it is. But it is a shit show of a film and so anyway she spends the most of the film trying to kind of go down this list of ex-girlfriends and obsessing over him and doing all things that should really make her realize that she needs to go into to some sort of emergency therapy mm-hmm. and probably not be in a relationship for a decade or so until she works her shit out but instead we're supposed to be on board with her pursuing these ex-girlfriends and all this. And what's odd is, again, the, the character development is such that there's no relationship development whatsoever. We right. don't ever really see either one of these two human beings in this relationship evolve. But we go from sm- smart-ass, wise-cracking Holly Hunter, who I, I think if you're s- sort of sitting back and looking at this film, you could go at a certain point, maybe halfway through, you could go, well, at least Holly Hunter's kind of funny and kind of good and doing her whole Holly Hunter thing. But then... She takes a sharp left turn mm. and all of a sudden is somehow a villain in this thing. Mm. It's nasty. I now I admit I I did doze off here and there because <laughs> ooh, this is a tough one, y'all. But it it was not I, I checked in with the other folks watching and uh, yeah, it was a clean it was a very sort of sharp left hand turn into a character that it's almost like she plays two different characters. Yeah. So yeah, Little Black Book from 2004. I don't know what else to say. There's a really weird – I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I don't suggest you watch it unless you're just looking to absolutely lampoon a film. But, you know, it sort of opens up with my mom, which that's the other thing is we think we're going to kind of have a thread of the mom and we really see her at the beginning and end. But it's my mom. My mom loved Carly Simon and passed this love of Carly Simon down to me. So there was some – you know, soundtrack by Carly Simon and somebody who was watching, I think uh, my friend Chase was watching the film with us. And he says to me at some point, he's like, do you think, do you think that, that Carly Simon, you know, said that this was okay to do? Do you think she, they had her permission to, and indeed they absolutely did. That was answered at the very, in the very end scene when she somehow Brittany Murphy ends up getting the job that, you know, I think of Kathy Bates. It's all, it's all like almost like a fever dream, Corey, <laughs> almost like a fever dream. And, but as she's, you know, to be just as implausible as you can possibly be, as she's telling her mom, she's landed this big job, despite her really kind of shit behavior, the door opens and it's, hi, I'm Carly Simon. I'm looking, you know, I'm about to be interviewed by somebody here at the studio. And there's, she faints. And then the mom faints when Carly gets on the phone with the mom and, Anyway, it ends with a very odd freeze frame. Again, spoiling it for everybody. It ends with a very odd freeze frame of Brittany Murphy hugging Carly Simon and wrapping her leg around Carly Simon's ass. Oh. Well, okay. Little Black Book, 2004. (laughs) Uh, Well, it sounds like an auspicious start to your VHS exploration. I don't know where – I don't know what to – I feel changed after seeing this film. <laughs> it was, uh, so many questions. And the fact that this is one of those things that got funded 
and at the level in which yeah. you got fun. And again, did everybody hear me say 2004? It, let me just ask you, Corey. It, 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 and during 2004, did is there some reason why Kathy Bates needed to do this? No, in fact, she had just gotten an Oscar nomination a couple years before for About Schmidt, where she you know hangs out in a uh, jacuzzi with Jack Nicholson. So, hmm. did um, Holly Hunter? In 2004, need this work? No, she had just gotten an Oscar nomination the year before for that movie 13, where she's the mother to Evan Rachel Wood, little baby Evan Rachel Wood. So, no. Uh, Everything in this film, too, is just Holly Hunter being like, well, you know what that means. When you do this, that's what's going to happen. And if you do this, it's going to, I'm going to tell you right now, girl, you better get it together. It's just lots of that. It's none of it has to make any sense. It's just Holly Hunter in that accent doing that. And so, anyway. All right, um, moving on. Well, I haven't been watching a whole lot over the <laughs> Did past Did you want to borrow my VHS of Little Black Book? You know, I'm tempted. But again, I, I saw that movie uh, when it came out on DVD in 2004, because that was when I was working at the uh, at, at Hollywood Video, the late Hollywood Video in Vestavia Hills. R.I.P. Yeah, may it rest in peace. Um, clearly, I didn't remember much about it other than the fact that the ending was outrageous and that Kathy Bates was in it. Um, and I vividly remember the cover of that DVD because it was frequently rented when it came out. So, um, wow. yeah, great, great moments, uh, there in, in cinema history, but, uh, uh, no, uh, long story short, it's going to be a pass from me. Okay. Um, hard pass. Gotcha. Um, I guess the, the thing I can talk about is a movie that I've talked about fairly recently, but I just rewatched it because uh, I kind of went in the other direction from the, it's the direction you went in um, and have been getting some more 4K UHD Blu-rays yeah. to watch on my giant ass TV. Uh, Which Kyle's gone the 4K definition. route too, as you know. He of mentioned course. That. He mentioned that he sort of purged that old VHS and has replaced it and is also happy about 4K. So. I mean, you know, two two separate ends of the spectrum there, but uh, but both have their their pleasures. Um I got the new 4K UHD release of John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice. Um and it's never looked or sounded better. Um I mean, the thing we we talked about it recently cuz it popped up on my top 200 list, uh, one of my favorite movies. Just one of the most, uh, you know, one of the grossest uh, horror movies of the 80s and and just a really remarkable paranoid horror movie um, that looks magnificent in, in ultra high definition. Um, and rewatching it, you know, you just get to luxuriate in all of the gross makeup effects and, and the special effects by Rob Bottin. Um which were, you know, formatively messed up. You know, young Corey Kraft, when he saw this for the first time, his mind, as it sounds like your mind permanently changed after watching Little Black Book, uh, mine permanently changed after watching The Thing. Different um, directions. Different I directions. Um, uh, you may be interested in Palm Pilots. I, I got pretty interested in... Um, visual effects and makeup and so forth. Um, not to mention shape-shifting, assimilating aliens, uh, which was already an interest of mine. Anyway, what can you say about the thing that hasn't been said a million times? Um, it's great. It remains great. It holds up. Um, pr- prime Kurt Russell in there. Prime Wilford Brimley in there. Sans mustache. Oh, Grandpa. But he still looks like... I mean, he was probably in his late 40s at, when they filmed The Thing. And notorious he, asshole, by the way. Really? Yeah, sadly. Grandpa's a notorious asshole. Well, he looked like he was 85 for 40 years. So that can I, I put guess you in a bad enough. 
position. Yeah, that's enough for anybody. Um, but the whole cast is amazing of these these recognizable character actors doing little bits. Um, they most of them, each of them, have their moment to shine in this movie, and they all have these odd little distinguishing characteristics. Like the doctor, for instance. This is a detail I'm sure I noticed, but the doctor. Uh, has a nose ring randomly. He's just like a, a middle-aged man just rocking a nose ring. Um, and that's a detail that you huh. probably can't catch if you see it just on VHS for the first that's time a, like I did. interesting choice. Yeah. It, I mean, there are a lot of like peculiar little interesting choices like that all throughout. Um, and of course, the, the ultra-high-definition frame sort of reveals a lot of that. And it just also confirms what we already knew that John Carpenter is a master at composing a frame and building tension. Um, Also, the thing has one of the finest performance performances ever given by a dog in a major motion picture. Yeah. That dog, you know, when he's, it's like John Carpenter was like, okay, you have to creep down the hallway and, and be suspicious. And that dog is like, okay. And this dumb little Husky just like, Gives a legitimate performance where you see it and you're just like, that dog's up to no good. Give that dog an Oscar. I mean, honestly, um, if there were uh, Academy Awards for dogs, I'd say that that guy deserved one. I think we should start a change.org little petition to take an Oscar away. Didn't Kathy Bates? Kathy Bates is an Oscar winner, right? For Misery? for Misery. I think we should do a petition to to take away her Oscar for Misery Mm. and give it to the dog. All based on the fact that she was in Little Black Book. Well, I think she should keep her Oscar for Misery, but we should give – I mean, the dog from The Thing is long dead. We should say this is a, an we almost 40-year-old movie. Can, I guarantee you that dog got a special place probably in like Hollywood forever, and we can dig the dog up and put the little little gold statuette in there with it's a little, little Oscar in there with um, this wonderful dog. That's how much I think – that Kathy Bates should be shamed for Little Black Book. Jeez. Well, uh, I mean, you're, you're not going after Holly Hunter and her Oscar for the piano. Oh, I can't. Yeah. Can't. That's um, sacred ground. Just melt down an Oscar and make a little, like, miniature dog statue. You know how an Oscar is a human shape? We'll make a little dog shape for, do for a dog Oscar. We should do that. And give the dog uh, from the thing or the remains of the dog from the thing uh, a little award for being so creepy. The speeches at that ceremony would be probably more interesting than at the actual Oscars. So it, they would almost have to be. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's what I've been watching. Not a whole lot lately, but um, was happy to rewatch the thing because it rules. Cool. Sounds fun. Thank you for listening to Side Talks, where your own personal cinematic Mohawk and Daffy. Okay. You know what that is, right? I know what Daffy is. He's a duck. No. Mohawk okay. and Daffy are actually a couple of the gremlins from Gremlins. Oh, from the those new batch. guys. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. Yeah. I, know, I know from Mohawk and Daffy from Gremlins 2, the there new batch. There you go. Yes. You got it. You got it. Well, thanks to Boutwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee. Oh, yes. Thank you to Revelator Coffee for keeping me going in this interminable month of September. Yeah. I, I need all the help I, I can get. I oh know. my goodness. We both do. Um, go to sidewalkfest.com or visit uh, your social media page of choice at Sidewalk Film for information about what's coming up at the Sidewalk Cinema. For instance, October 1st, Palm yeah. Door winner Titan opening oh, yeah. at Sidewalk. Very exciting. I'm going to be there with bells on. 
I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see Titan. I ordered the Blu-ray finally of Julia Ducorno's previous film, Raw, cool. um, which is amazing. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to rewatching that in time to see Titan at Sidewalk. You should come too. That trailer is wild. And oh, we also have a, a nice little triple threat horror series coming up, a little rep series in addition to some other fun stuff that we can talk about later. But we're doing A Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, the original Halloween from 1978, and The Craft. Oh, and boy. And that'll be, you'll have several opportunities throughout the month of October to see those films, including right around um, Halloween Day, being able to see all three of them in a row should you be up for the challenge. So this would be a perfect opportunity for me to finally see The Craft. Oh, you're sh- shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. But I'll get to see it on the big screen for go. the first there time. You so, you know, better late than never, right? Uh, you let us know. Podcast at SidewalkFest.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.